0: Thank you. Hmm. Ooh, I like that. Good morning. morning. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. I am Pastor Michael, and the first thing I'm going to tell you is I apologize um, that I sound kind of funny, and you will see me wearing this when I'm not up here by myself, because what I thought was just sinuses is turning into something else. It's not COVID. I've tested several times, but... Whatever I have, I do not want to share with any of you because I don't enjoy it. Um, and you know, as Christians, we're called to share God's love and grace, not our germs. So, um, but I will will do my best not to breathe heavy on anyone. Um, other than that, I don't think I have anything. Um, but I know our liturgist Sheila does. So, let's go.
1: to all our mothers.
0: Happy Mother's Day.
1: Day. Um, As you may remember, we're going to start not reading through all the announcements and uh, calendar events, but highlight the ones and add new ones. So I have a couple new ones. Memorial Sunday, we are gonna, we're asking people to bring in any military memorabilia that you have. If you remember, last year we had a display out here in the uh, Narthex, and we'd like to do that again for Memorial Day, or Memorial Day Sunday. Also, Recognition Sunday is next week. Um, we'd like to recognize any graduates from any level, kindergarten up through college. Um, however, we'd like that information to the office by this Wednesday so that we could get it ready for the Bulletin on Sunday. So if you've got any graduates, please try to contact the office and let us know. There's forms out in the narthex to fill out and we'll do the rest. Um, I am so happy to tell you that our quilt show raised over
2: $2,000.
1: And I think that's all the new ones I have to highlight. Did I get them, Linda?
2: Um, just wanted to let people know in the bell choir we are taking the month of May off. We'll we'll see come the first of June how everyone's schedules are. And second, after talking with some of the people that have been helping out with the um, uh, family dinner and fun night, um, I think we're going to hold off with that until and start it back up maybe in September. Again, with all the school activities going on, and that, um, you know, it's just going to be hard to get enough people and everybody to come. So we're going to hold off with that and probably until the end of September. Um, I guess that takes care of it for me, unless you want to sing in my choir. I always got room.
1: in English so everybody can hear
3: definitely Thank you. okay hopefully you can hear me now uh, I'm just trying to get the men's fellowship going again it's we have breakfast at eight in the morning uh, nine in the morning oh trying to get Carl up early <laughs> um, so nine in the morning we normally have it the second Saturday of the month uh, So if we can start it next month, we most certainly would like to. Please contact me so, you know, it's not just me and Carl showing up. And that's about it. Thank you.
2: And every man is is welcome.
3: Every man is welcome. Every male is welcome. And when I say that, if you have a younger gentleman that would like to join us, that is also perfectly fine.
1: Sorry, I'm up again. Um, if if you're able, please stand for the call to worship.
0: Wait, choir. Oh,
1: oh see, I didn't think I was
0: up. Nope. Don't worry, we'll change it again for next month.
1: <laughs> Never a try this again. If you are able, please stand and join me for the call to worship. At the name of
0: Jesus, every knee should bend,
1: and every tongue confess
0: that Jesus Christ is Lord.
1: Glory to God.
0: Amen.
1: Our first song this morning is Come Thou font of Every Blessing, and that is page 400. me for our opening prayer holy Holy God God, all all lives lives are are yours and and you you do not not seek the death of any any sinner renew renew our hearts hearts, refresh our spirits and help us us walk walk in your your holy way that that we we may welcome welcome the impartiality of your your judgment and accept your all-embracing goodness goodness. through through Jesus Jesus Christ amen If you turn to page 885 for our affirmation of faith. Are you doing that or am I? The affirmation of faith? hmm uh-huh. Okay. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is the one true Church, apostolic and universal, whose holy faith let us now declare. We, we believe, believe in God the, God the Father, Father infinite, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, and whose mercy is over all his works and whose, whose will, will is ever directed to his children's, children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace,
2: the ground of our hope, and the promise of our deliverance from sin and death.
3: We believe in the Holy
1: Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, whereby we are kept in perpetual remembrance of the truth of Christ and find strength and help in time of need. We believe that this faith should manifest itself in the service of love, as set forth in the example of our blessed Lord, to the end, that the kingdom of God may come upon the earth. Amen.
0: You may be seated. With grateful hearts, let us offer our gifts, trusting in God's goodness. I get two helpers, or more. You're good. Ah, the little ones are. If you would please rise and join in singing our doxology. Almighty God, we give you thanks and praise for your love shown to us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Accept the offering of our lives in union with Christ's offering for us, and make us humble and obedient servants who will work for your good pleasure through Christ, with the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forevermore. Amen. If you would remain standing as you are able for our next hymn, number 184, 184, of the Father's love begotten, You may be seated. It is now time for our youth moment. I'd like to invite all of our youth and children to come up and grab a seat, and I'll meet you there. Morning. How are you guys doing today? Everybody awake? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have enough coffee, and the the allergy medication I'm on makes me sleepy. It's kind of a mess. You can run super fast already. Oh. And Wally, do you have a new car? It's pretty nice. So. I went grocery shopping the other day. And we hadn't gone grocery shopping in probably about a week. So we needed a lot of stuff. And my shopping cart was full. I'm not actually sure how they got everything back in there once they put it in the bags. Um, So I loaded up the back of our car. It was packed Closed it and I drove home. And what do you think I did next? What do you think? I did. I unloaded my groceries all by myself. And there's something that, that some of you may already know. You may have seen your dad do this, or, um, or a grandpa, or an uncle. Um, and if you don't know this yet, you will learn it when you get older. Um, but see, a lot of times guys have this thing about not making unnecessary trips. And so we try and carry everything in on the first try. Um, and I, I couldn't get it all in on the first try. Um, I got almost all of it on the first try, but not all of it. And then I had some bruises from where the bags were hanging on my arms. Um, and my wife looked at me and she said, why do you do that? And I said, what? She said, why, why do you try and get them all at once? Why don't you take more trips or, or ask for help? I said, yeah, I don't want to take a bunch of trips. It's just the groceries. You bring them in, you put them down, you put them away. She's like, well, you know, you, you could ask for help. I said, yeah, yeah, I could. Do you guys, do you guys ever not ask for help when maybe you, you need to? When, when you're doing something, what, what about you? Yeah? My mom did, but I have to go grocery shopping because I, I'm, almost, I'm almost out of milk. Oh, you're almost out of milk, so you need to go grocery shopping. Okay. Did you have your hand up? Yeah. Okay. Do you ever do that sometimes? You don't ask for help when you need to? Yeah. There's... Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, have you guys ever been maybe at school and working on something and you're a little confused but you don't want to ask the teacher because you want to show your teacher how smart you are that you can do it yourself? Yeah? I, I used to do that sometimes. Um, there, Did you want to say something else? Did you want to say something? Okay. Um, you know, there, I think it's a problem a lot of us have, and we have it from the time we're little to the time we're older. Um, we're not always good about asking for help when we need help. Um, and, and God wants us to, to be comfortable enough to ask people for help when we need it because when we ask someone for help and they help us, there's two really important things that are happening. One is you get the help you need. So maybe that means you'd end up not with a bunch of bruises on your arm from trying to carry all the groceries in. Um, or you get the help from your teacher that you need with whatever you're working on. But the other good thing that happens is that person who helps you, they are getting a chance to share their gifts from God in helping you, whether that's your teacher and explaining something, or in my case, maybe it's asking um, Sarah or the boys to come help me with groceries, and, and they're using their muscles to help carry stuff in. Um, and it actually works out better. We get done a little bit quicker. A little yep, a little faster. So, so it's, we got to remember it's okay to ask for help, um, especially if something is really kind of scary or it seems really big and we're not sure how we're going to get through it or around it. Um, but it's always okay to ask for help. Okay, because like I said, it's it's good because we get the help we need, and it's good because someone else is getting to share their gifts from God. So if someone asks you for help and it's something you think you can do, are you going to try and say yes? Awesome. Okay, I think I need some help this morning. Well, I know I need some help this morning. Right at the moment, I need some help this morning. Um, I need some help with the Lord's Prayer. Can you guys help me lead the congregation in the Lord's Prayer? We can do it all together at the same time. You guys ready? Okay, here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for your help. We've got some suckers for you, and then it's off to Sunday school, and there's a purple bow under that chair. thought maybe she was leaving the bow for me, but I don't think that would work unless I put it down here. <sighs> um, our prayers this morning, if you look in your bulletin, you will see the, the list of prayer requests in there. Um, and then we have um, a couple uh, that just came in this morning. Uh, one is for Tony Quig and family. Um, for those of you who don't remember, uh, Tony is the mother of some of Diana's stepchildren. Um, she had been ill, had finally gotten to, I think, like a rehab kind of uh, center. She is now back in the hospital um, in full heart failure. Um, so please keep her and the family in your prayers. Um, also, uh, we want to continue our prayers for Pat Duday's daughter, um, she is uh, struggling with many health problems, um, which I'm trying to remember when we last we talked. I know there, part of it was her diabetes and there was something else. Um, so please keep her in your prayers as well. Um, I, of course, want to lift up prayers for uh, the people of the Ukraine as well as the people in Russia who stand against their government's actions. Um, and I'd like to also ask for prayers for uh, my family, and specifically my father's side of the family, um, his cousin Ernie, who was paralyzed when they were children, uh, he do- dove headfirst into a, a lake that was not as deep as he thought it was, um, leaving him paralyzed. He passed away Thursday morning, um, and so if you would please keep uh, our family in your prayers. Um, they live in Saginaw. Um, with some of our other extended family. Um, Do we have any other prayers we'd like to lift up this morning? We can bring our microphones to you.
2: I'd like to ask for prayers for my client and my friend out in Fargo, North Dakota, Greg Schmitke, who was supposed to have a knee operation in April, and then the morning of the knee operation, he woke up with chest pains and raced to the hospital and had a, a triple stent put in, So this is his third heart attack he's had in less than a year, so prayers for him.
3: Are are we on? Last Sunday we mentioned Jan's uh, brother Noel. Uh, He passed away this past week, so uh, if we remember him, please. Uh, There are several children and the rest of the family. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Um, a gentleman from the Manchester Church passed away last night, uh, Joe Weinhart. He was the, one of the kindest, most wonderful men you would ever meet in your life, and his daughter took excellent care of him. And uh, the way I remember him, is so the last time I went out, To see him, I took a scrapbook of, I keep a scrapbook of quotes that I like that are funny or sad. And I would read them with him, and we sat there, or he laid there, I sat there, and we just giggled and laughed. And he had that kind of personality that a lot of men don't have, but I felt just like I was with a girlfriend when I was with him, and we were chatting, so God is lucky to have him today, and a well-earned rest from all his trouble. Thank you. I don't have a prayer request, but I would like to say happy 80th birthday to my husband, Richard.
0: Oh, that's right! (laughs) Can we we play happy birthday to Richard? I was going to tell you beforehand and I didn't get a chance. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Christian, happy birthday to
2: you. Two things, happy Mother's Day, Mama. and. Um, I have two friends that are in need of of prayers. Um, My dear friend, Laurel, and and also another friend who is um, having some issues with her son, uh, Brenda. So if we could keep them in their prayers, they are really in need of lots of many prayers being lifted up for them. Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Any more? I also want to echo the Happy Mother's Day, and I extend that out to... To everyone who has ever not only been a biological mother but have have been a mother in other ways um, to people. There are a lot of ways not just even adoption but um, there are people in our lives from teachers to other family members, um, professionals who um, can can very much care for us uh, in ways that a mother would. And so Um, I want to extend that all to all of those folks um, that, you know, it's, that term mother covers a lot, and I don't want anyone to, to feel left out. If you would join me now in an attitude of prayer. Through God's steadfast compassion for us, God has filled us with concern for our world Therefore, we pray for what we need, saying, God of compassion, hear our prayers. God, you have placed a desire for truth and righteousness in the hearts of all people. Uplift those who seek to live faithfully and lovingly by the promptings of your Spirit, even those who do not know your name. Save them from despair and lead them to the fullness of salvation. For seekers of truth, God of compassion, hear our prayer. God, you called the children of Israel to make known your righteousness, and you called disciples of Jesus to take the good news of your salvation to all nations. Help those who know your name to be faithful to their calling, to live according to your commandments, and to testify to your abounding love. For all who believe in you, God of compassion, hear our prayers. God, you have formed your people into communities of prayer and service. Strengthen the leaders of your church. Give them humble and obedient hearts after the example of Christ, who humbled himself in obedience to you. For ministers of the gospel, God of compassion, hear our prayers. God, you have placed in human hearts a hunger to understand the structure and rhythms of creation. Grant wisdom to those who seek to comprehend the inner workings of the world. Save them from arrogance and enable them to work for the flourishing of humankind. For scientists, God of compassion, hear our prayers. God, you fill the world with forms that delight the eye and ear. Give artists and musicians a vision of your transcendent beauty and grant them skill to render their vision in tangible works That manifests the sublime glory of your creation. For all artists, God of compassion, hear our prayers. God, you establish the nations of the world in order to order human community. Kindle love for peace among the nations and their leaders. Save them from pride of wealth or power and enable them to serve the common good. For those who govern, God of compassion, hear our prayers. God, you provided the earth as a garden, and you commanded the human community to till the land that it may be fruitful. Bless those called to the work of agriculture. Give those who benefit from farming thankful hearts for this good work. Help farmers to respect our common resources and to resist any careless exploitation of nature for temporary gain. For those who farm the land, God of compassion, hear our prayers. God, you hear the cry of all of those who are in distress. Heal those who are sick in body, mind, or spirit. Comfort them in their need and help those who care for them. Teach us to bear the burdens of our sisters and brothers with humility. For the sick and those in distress, God of compassion, hear our prayers. These prayers, as well as those we keep quietly upon our own hearts and minds, we offer through Christ by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. If you would please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, give us the words of life that we may understand your way and follow your truth in Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Our first scripture reading this morning is from Psalms 25, verses 1 through 9, NRSV version. Prayer for guidance and for deliverance of David. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exalt over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me, For your goodness sake, O Lord, good and uptight is the Lord, upright, excuse me, good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. The word of God for the people of God, and you say,
3: thanks thanks be to God. God.
0: Our second reading this morning comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, which you can find beginning on page 873 in the uh, Bibles in the pews. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love. Being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in, humi- in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and arguing, so that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, in which you shine like stars in the world. It is by your holding fast to the word of life that I can boast on the day of Christ that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out as a libation over the sacrifice and the offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. And in the same way, you also must be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I may be cheered by news of you. I have no one like him who will, be gen- who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. All of them are seeking their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But Timothy's worth, you know, how like a son with the father he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I trust in the Lord that I will also come soon. "'Still I think it necessary to send to you Aphrodotus, my brother and co-worker and fellow soldier, your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for all of you and has been distressed because you heard he was ill. He was indeed so ill that he nearly died. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him but on me also, so that I would not have one sorrow after another.' I am the more eager to send him therefore in order that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that I may be less anxious. Welcome him then in the Lord with all joy and honor such people because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for those services that you could not give me. This is the word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks be to God. If you would please join me again in an attitude of prayer. Loving God, you humble yourself by sending your only son, Jesus, to become human and work alongside humanity in your ministry. You could have sent down an army of angels or unleashed a whirlwind of power to get the people back in line with the covenant. But instead, you showed humility and grace and love through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Help us to grow in our own humility and work together alongside you, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit to bring the good news to everyone in the world. And now may the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning again to everyone. This morning we are going to be continuing in our four-week series on the book of Philippians, which we began last Sunday. The book of Philippians, as we learned last week, is a compilation of letters that the Apostle Paul, um, along with Timothy, wrote to the church in Philippi. Now, Philippi was in Macedonia, which we know now in today's world is Greece, and, and this epistle, epistle, of course, being another name for a poem or literary work in the form of a letter or series of letters, but this epistle is one that is almost universally accepted as having actually been written by Paul. There are other epistles in Scripture whose authorship is still debated to this day, but this one, this is one of the letters that, that seems to have definitely been written by Paul along with Timothy. Now, last week, we focused on the first chapter of this book and the word joy. And when we considered all that Paul was going through and dealing with while he was in prison, we still found that Paul was was joyous, and he saw the opportunity in his imprisonment to share the gospel. I also encouraged all of us, myself included, to try and And look for the things that that we feel chained to. And to try and see those as opportunities to see God at work in and through us, especially for others' sake. And now we move into chapter 2, which we just heard a few moments ago. Now the first couple verses of chapter 2 carry much the same message, encouragement, and instruction that the previous chapter also gave. For example, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind, as well as do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Overall, we Pretty much have the same line of thinking and general ideas as found earlier, and that's really not that surprising. And it's really what we kind of should expect to to find, if if we're nothing more than a segue, going into chapter two, coming from chapter one. Now, in my in my work in my research, I found something that that to me was very very interesting, and I hope will be interesting to all of you. Um, it concerns verses six through eleven, or. De- depending on the translation, possibly 5 through 10 or 5 through 11. But when you see it in the Bible, it's clear which part I'm talking about because of the way it's lined up. These verses are said to contain a very famous poem that describes the nature of Christ and his act of redemption. I want to read those verses to you once again using a translation written by Bart Ehrman, um, Dr. Ehrman is an agnostic, atheist, American New Testament scholar who focuses on textual criticism of the New Testaments, the historical Jesus, and the origins and development of early Christianity. Now, before anybody panics, because they heard me say the words agnostic, atheist, I want you to know that Dr. Ehrman is the James A., Gray, Distinguished Professor of Religious Studies in the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. He has received both his Masters of Divinity, which is the degree that I need to carry as your pastor in our denomination, but he received that as well as his doctorate from Princeton Theological Seminary. Dr. Ehrman, even himself, doesn't, I think, fully identify in what we tend to think of as an agnostic atheist, from my knowledge of his time in his life, he's one of the people who got fed up with the churches that he attended, with the hypocrisy that he felt he saw. And so he stepped away from those specific denominations or churches and put his time and energy into trying to learn more and be able to teach about a lot of the historical things that we know or have learned about Jesus and other things in the Bible. So he's, he's not a bad guy. All right, so here is his translation. Feel free to compare it to the text in the Bibles and the pews if you want. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard being equal with God something to be grasped after... But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, and coming in the likeness of humans. And being found in appearance as a human, he humbled himself, becoming obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, not a big difference, but a couple maybe key ones. Ehrman, in his research on this, um, he offers the idea that this passage actually constitutes um, an early Christian poem that was composed by someone else way before Paul, um, perhaps somewhere as early as the mid to late 30s A.D. And and he argues or puts forth that it was used by Paul because Paul was aware of it. He used it in this epistle to the church in Philippi. Now, this passage has also by some been called a hymn, but there's really more scholars who believe that that's not the appropriate name or designation that poem is much more uh, appropriate because there isn't any rhythmic or kind of like structure that you would expect to find in a hymn in the original Greek um, of this. So poem is definitely where the majority of scholars fall on this. (coughs) And part of what makes this poem so important or or significant, is that it very strongly suggests that there were very early Christians who understood Jesus to be a preexistent celestial being, one who chose to take on the human form rather than being instead a human that God later exalted to divine status. Another important thing to note is that while the author of the poem did believe that Jesus existed in heaven before his physical incarnation on earth, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that the author believed Jesus to be equal to God the Father prior to Jesus' death and resurrection. And, and this, this is in debate due to how the Greek word—and I'm going to apologize in advance— Harpagmon, or something very close to that, hopefully, um, in verse 6 is actually translated. Now, if it's translated or interpreted, rendered as something to be exploited, as it is in many Christian Bible translations, then the implication is that Christ was already equal to God prior to being incarnated as human. This would fall in line with what we call claim to believe um, as United Methodists as many other denominations in Christianity. There are, however, others, Ehrman included, that argue that the correct translation instead should actually be something to be grasped after, which would imply that Jesus was not equal to God before his resurrection. Outside of this passage of text, that word har. Pagmon um, and related words were almost always used to refer to something that a person doesn't yet possess but tries to acquire. And here's where it maybe gets a little more clear, maybe not, because it is widely believed or agreed upon by interpreters that this poem about Christ. Depicts Jesus as equal to God after his resurrection. And this is mostly because of the last two stanzas, quoting the book of Isaiah, chapter 45, verses 22 and 23, that say, Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. But in Isaiah, the original text there is referring to God the Father because Jesus hasn't made it on the scene of earth just yet. So everybody got it? Crystal clear? Like mud? Okay. Be nice if the experts could agree more often. Now I also wanted to quickly outline chapter 2 for you. Verses 1 through um, 11 cover living humbly as servants of God. With verses 1 through 4 focusing specifically on the motivation to live humbly And then verses 5 through 11 on the model of living humbly, both in Christ's emptying and exaltation. From there we go to verses 12 through 18, those focus on living obediently as children of God, introducing the the energizing of God and the effects on the saints. And then finally, uh, verses 19 through 30, give examples of how to, of humble servants that The readers would be aware of. Um, First Timothy in verses 19 through 24. We Paul directly talks about Timothy. And then on to Aphrodotus in verses 25 through 30. So humbleness, having humility. There's a, a saying or group of people somewhere that say that humility is the grease that keeps relationships going. And yet I'm not convinced that we either really know what the word humility means or maybe we're just too afraid to embrace it. It, It's not about how smart you are. It's not about how much money you have or, or anything like that. Humility is really about knowing and accepting and owning and living into who you are. When I was talking to our our, youth this morning, are we able to acknowledge when we need for help and then actually ask for that help? How did we ever get any kind of, of proper estimation of who we are. I mean, yes, we know we serve the Most High. That that part's easy. But where exactly does that fit into the hierarchy of what we believe about ourselves? Are we good at being humble? Is humility something we can count amongst our own spiritual gifts? Are we good at asking for help when we need it? I know it's something I struggle with. And as I mentioned to our young people, when when we struggle with that, there are two groups of people that are potentially hurt. The first is you yourself, that you are causing yourself harm because you are not giving yourself the time you need to rest or grow or... Do self-care, or a myriad of other important things, for that matter. And when we do stuff like that, when we ignore the things that we need and we don't ask for help, it takes a toll on us physically, mentally, and spiritually. And again, that second group is anyone who, who would have helped you if you had only asked. You're, you're denying them an opportunity, whether intentional or otherwise. You're denying them the chance to share their gifts from God, to help, to help carry that load alongside a fellow child of God. I did a funeral a little while back for a man I'd never met, and this has become true for me for For every funeral that I've done for someone I've never known, as I get to learn more about them, talking to their families, I wish I had. I wish I had been around earlier in their life. This particular gentleman uh, was the life of the party. He had a great sense of humor, very grounded, but just a lot of fun to be with, a good person. And so when I met with the family to go through preparing what they would like in in the funeral service, we went through the typical things, prayers, liturgy, and got some music. I said, okay, what would you guys like in terms of music? And of course, we had some of the typical hymns or songs you would expect to hear at most funerals. And then when we got to the last one, they said, well, we had something in mind but only if you're okay with it. Now, as a pastor, um, when someone says something like that, at least to me, that piques my interest um, because people tend to make assumptions about pastors and other people, um, other clergy and stuff like that, that that there might be things that would offend us or um, we would deem inappropriate. And there are many that do and for reasons that they have established and in some cases are very good reasons. Um, I haven't had something yet brought to me, at least for a funeral, in terms of music where I thought, yeah, that, that's probably not the best idea. Um, so I was very curious if they were going to, you know, add something to a new list for me. Um, and they chose a song and told me what it was and we decided to go forward with it. And so the last... Part of that funeral, before I did a blessing and and dismissed everyone, was hearing a song that I hadn't heard in probably since I was a kid um, in the car with my mom. My mom liked country music a lot. And I don't remember the artist's name at this point, and I don't know the exact name of the song, but I know the refrain is, Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. And hands down, um, was just amazing. And this man, by no means, thought he was perfect. But he, it was one of his favorite songs. His daughter showed me a recording of him singing it, sitting in his recliner about a week before he passed away. And it was just funny to him. He, he liked it. And everyone in that room, almost instantly, before the words even started, just hearing the opening Musical line because people recognized it started laughing there were there were tears of joy and laughter and it was a a beautiful moment and it just jumped back into my head and thinking about humility because at least from what they shared with me this is not a man who struggled with his humility but he also saw the humor in it when we do um and kind of acknowledging that, as humans, we are not perfect, especially when it comes to things like humility. So this week, I'd like to ask you to try to take some extra time and and work on your own humility. It may not be easy. In fact, for for some of you and myself, this is probably going to be rather challenging. But I I really want you to make an effort to, to try and be better about... And in your humility, let someone else in. Let someone else help. It it doesn't have to be something huge and glamorous and earth-shattering by any means. But try your best to do it. I'm hoping that you, you might remember something I said during Lent, towards the end of Lent, about how we are better together. And I pray that you can, can work to let your humility become a prime example of how to grow and cultivate relationships. Because when God looks down, or around, since God's everywhere, um, when God sees that, that brings joy to God. Those kinds of, of relationships that we can cultivate where we help one another and, and truly Let others help us. That's part of what Jesus died for. God doesn't want us to be on our own. God doesn't want us apart from one another. God wants us as a community of faith, as beloved children of God, to be together, to love one another, to help support each other. And I pray that this might be just one more way we can work on i being the best at that that we can. Amen. If you would rise as you are able for our closing hymn, uh, we are using again our song from last week, um, Lord, I lift your name on high, which is in your bulletin, I hope. And we're going to go through it twice, right? Twice.
2: Lift your hands
0: I'm going to to skip greeting you on the way out so I don't potentially share whatever it is I've got with you. But, beloved children of God, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ. To God be the glory, the blessing of God be with you, the love of Jesus fill you, and the power of the Holy Spirit sustain you now and always. Go forth and serve the Lord. Amen.